1: Good afternoon. Welcome to Sports another Other, but sports with Ken Sterling for Thursday, January 2nd, 2020. Are you kidding me? We're in the midst of the 20s. A new roaring 20s. Let's go attack the decade. All right. Brought to you by the great people at today's dentistry, Dr. Mike O'Neill, the best dentist that there is. He's been my dentist the last 26 years. He's phenomenal at what he does. The entire staff, they care about you as a human being. You're not just patient number 12 today. You're a human being, you're a name, you're a person with a family, and they take good care of you, they have great empathy for you, pain-free dentistry, that's what I've experienced there. Give them a call, 317-849-2933. Want to remind you, order the book Oops! You can do it on Amazon.com. Go there, search Kent Sterling or Oops! Kent, Oops! Sterling. Whatever, you can get the hardback, you can get the ebook, you can get the audiobook as well. Get all three, buy them for your family, buy them by the crate. Let's go, let's drive sales. Can we? I'll, I'll tell you the truth we've sold more books than I ever thought we were gonna, and, and that's just terrific. Very affirming to me that this book has struck a nerve with some people, and that's very cool. Uh, Let's talk about the Indiana Pacers. Pacers tonight against the Denver Nuggets, that game at Bankers Live Fieldhouse. The Pacers entering a portion of the season where they can really do some damage in the Eastern Conference of the NBA. They've got this game. Then they travel to Atlanta for a game Saturday. Then they're in Charlotte, back home against the Heat. And then they go to Chicago. If they win tonight, they could run the table. These five games, and I think that they absolutely could get that done. Malcolm Brogdon, he is not going to play tonight. Hopefully he's back Saturday against the Atlanta Hawks. But we found that out from Nate McMillan today. We spoke with Nate and Justin Holiday about the passing of former NBA Commissioner David Stern and the challenges presented by the Denver Nuggets. Uh, I mean, he's a great commissioner. Uh, I did a lot for uh,
0: this league uh, had an opportunity to to get to know him at the league meetings, and he uh, just did a great job for the entire NBA, uh, and certainly uh, is going to be missed.
1: Are the Nuggets similar in the way they share the ball in the way they function?
0: Yeah, yeah, they they I uh, think we're right there, close with each other as far as uh, I think they average 25, 26 assists. We're right in that area, and um, they do a good job of moving. Uh, without the ball, Jokic is, uh, you know, he he's playing the five position, but he plays like a point, and he initiates a lot of their offense, very similar to what Domas uh, does uh,
1: for us, uh, so there's some similarities. Hey, Justin, what are your thoughts on David Stern's passing and what he meant to the NBA? I mean, obviously, first of all, it's, you know, tough.
0: For first, his family, I mean, you know, forget everybody else. You know, my parents are, you know, out to his family uh you know, I know this is a tough, tough time for them. And then, You know, as far as everybody else in the basketball world, man, you know, he did a lot in the time that he was, um, you know, commissioner. And such a good guy, kind dude, really actually cared about people. Uh, you know, in meeting, like, if you met him, he would, like, try to remember your name and things like that, which, you know, it's big time for a person that had to know a lot of people's names. So, yeah, no, David Stern was a great man. And, again, I, my prayers go out to his family because I know this is a really, really tough time for them.
1: He's made a lot of players and a lot of owners a lot of money, hasn't he? Yeah. Yeah, the reason why we are where we are today. Be in a good
0: situation to be able to make a lot of money, you know, life changing money for, you know, top to bottom, really, uh, of the players in this league.
1: Tonight's game against the Nuggets. Coming off a game like you guys played against the Sixers, what's a different challenge tonight? You know, big West
0: Coast team, uh, very good team all around, top to bottom. Uh, Shoot, play team basketball. You know, that's always hard to play against. You can't really key in on one player. You got Jokic in the middle that can pretty much get the ball to anyone at any time, and those guys are going to be moving, flying around, very athletic. I think they have a really good team, man. You know, it's going to be a challenge, but uh, I think we're going to come out and take care of business for sure. Do you
1: guys feel the same thing about yourself, that you guys are tough to defend because you play team first basketball? 100%. I mean, we have so many guys that can
0: get a double-figure scoring, and they can be anybody's night. So I think that is something that makes us,
1: the team we are, makes us, you know, tough to beat. As you guys were playing the Sixers and I was watching, it seemed like the intensity never waned. Like you guys go up by 30, but you're still playing hard, and you're, you're still showing up every possession. Is that hard? What kind of discipline that day?
0: I mean, it's hard to do that, period, uh, regardless of if, you know, you're blowing someone out or not. Um, and I think that's what we're trying to get to each night is to play our basketball the whole game. Uh, do not have let-ups or slip-ups regardless of what the score is because, you know, when it comes to playoff time, that's where you need to be, uh, and that gives you the best chance to win. So it's tough to do regardless of what the score is. Uh, you know, we've had games where we've been up 20 you on know, somebody and, and, you know, they've came back or we've been down, and then we've come back or has been close and then we just have a let off. So, you know, we've been trying to get to where we're consistent as possible for 48 minutes. And we did that last game.
1: What's the key to being able to function as you guys doing as successfully as you guys do without a piece as important as Malcolm?
0: I mean, I think, you know, all of our players stay ready, um, are very, very locked in on what we're trying to do. And again, on the personal level, we're just in the gym to make sure the game is the game is tight. Um You know, guys step up, and that's what this league is about, opportunity and the next guy being ready to play. And, again, our organization put a good team together of guys that, one, put the team first, and then, two, take care of themselves and make sure they're ready to play basketball. And when they get their opportunity, they make the best of it. And we've been doing a great job of that this year.
1: That's Justin Holiday. A little bit before that, we heard from Nate McMillan, the Pacers, and the Nuggets tonight, 7 o'clock, at Bankers Life Fieldhouse. They are fun to watch. If you haven't seen them play, watch on TV, head down to Bankers Life Fieldhouse, whatever you got to do to watch his team, you're going to love watching them play. They play Indiana-style basketball. The ball is shared. They are generous with the ball. Everybody looks for somebody to take the open shot, not necessarily themselves. I absolutely love watching his team play. Purdue also playing tonight. They take on Minnesota up at Mackey Arena. You know what else happens tonight? Indiana's playing in a bowl, their 12th bowl all time. That happens tonight, the Gator Bowl, first bowl they've ever played in Florida. Here are some fast facts about Indiana's bowl history. Like I said, their 12th bowl, their last win was in 1991. They've lost four straight bowls with an IU win. Tom Allen would even his record at 19 and 19. The last IU coach with a 500 record or better, Bo McMillan, who left IU for the Detroit Lions back in 1940. 47. Tom Allen about to enter a very, very short list of coaches at IU without a losing record. Let's hope they get that done tonight against the Tennessee Vols. That came on ESPN at 7 o'clock. Colts General Manager Chris Ballard spoke to the media today, and as always, I felt like he was transparent. He did not going to tell you everything, but he tells you a lot, and what he does tell you, you feel pretty good about it being the truth. He's been on the job now for three years. He's had three drafts. We, we've heard him do this thing a few times, and we have reason to believe that he's being accurate in his assessment of a lot of things. Talking about Eric Ebron today, what'd he say? We'll probably move on. You can tell there's no love loss between the Indianapolis Colts and Eric Ebron, and out the door he's going to go. Jacoby Brissett, is he going to be the starting quarterback in 2020? Ballard he talked about that and he said that right now it seems like he's going to be the starting quarterback in 2020 but who knows what the future will bring he didn't paint himself into a corner like his counterpart in Chicago did when he said that Mitch Trubisky was going to be the starter in 2020 now there's a bit of a difference between the Bears and the Colts the Bears have very little salary cap to work with and they have very little draft equity to deal with because of the deal for Khalil Mack and because of some other Deals, they've got a second round or three fifths among their seven picks in this year's draft. So what the hell are they gonna do to try to move up or into a first round where they can go draft a guy? What are they gonna do to try to get a free agent quarterback? They have no flexibility to get that done. The Colts, on the other hand, they have all kinds of cap flexibility and they have all kinds of draft equity. Now, with the 13th pick, I would not anticipate the Colts taking a quarterback depending on who falls to 13. All right, I don't think Justin Herbert is going to fall to 13. He didn't look like a guy who's going to fall to 13. Last night he ran for three touchdowns. You didn't think he had a lot of mobility going into the game. That was one area you wanted to see him prove some effectiveness in right? Well, he proved it and then some. Now, with his arm, not so much. Jake Fromm from Georgia, not likely to be a first-round guy. We'll see what happens. We're so far off from the NFL draft. We got the combine to go through. We've got free agency, all of that stuff. All is going to come clear, hopefully, before the draft. But with that 13th pick, here's what's happened over the last 10 years. You've got six guys who have qualified or been invited to a Pro Bowl. All right, six guys. Five of them have been defensive tackles. Chris Ballard said today that the three technique drives this defense, and the Colts obviously haven't been getting the productivity out of the three technique that they would like. I would be stunned if with the 13th overall pick, if they hold on to that pick, that they don't take a defensive tackle with it. I think that that's going to happen. Now, 34, the Colts acquired the 34th pick in a deal with the Washington Redskins. So they've got that second rounder and their own second rounders. So they've got three really good draft assets that they're going to be able to utilize to augment their roster. Last year's draft, you look at it and you kind of shrug your shoulders and say, yeah, you know what? Not the best one that Chris Ballard has executed among the three that he has, uh, he has utilized to help build this roster, right? But three guys for the Colts did make the all-rookie team as named by Pro Football Focus. They are Rocky Seen, who according to Pro Football Focus, toward the tail end of the season got much better, at least in how they grade uh, players. Bobby Okereke, was very good especially in coverage he makes the all-rookie team and chase mclaughlin also makes the all-rookie team. He, a member of the Indianapolis Colts, although Chris Ballard did say today that he's not sure about the kicking situation with the Colts, and that is still under review, as are all the roster spots. They've got a good young nucleus. They've got to figure things out at quarterback. They have to figure out whether Costanzo is going to retire or whether he's going to stick around. If he's going to retire, you've got to figure out that left tackle position post-haste. You have got to have a high-quality left tackle, especially... If you're going to bring in a quarterback other than Jacoby Brissett, but even with Brissett, you better have a high-quality left tackle. Losing Anthony Costanzo, I think, would be almost as big a blow, not quite as big a blow, but almost as big a blow as having Andrew Luck retire, although in this case... At least Costanzo would do it during a window where the Colts could adjust, and they could either draft or they could sign a free agent to try to replace him. They did not have that luxury with Andrew Luck. Andrew Luck retired 15 days before the beginning of the regular season. That put the Colts in a virtually untenable position that they tried to prepare for by bringing in Jacoby Brissett in a trade for Philip Dorsett. The Colts, I I still think they're on the upswing. Maybe I'm drinking a Kool-Aid. I don't know, but I really like Chris Ballard and the way he operates. I like being a draft-first team. I don't like being a team that tries to build solely with free agency. I think there's a sweet spot between the draft and free agency if you execute within that sweet spot and, and hit. On guys, you got a hell of a chance of moving this team forward into where they can be a dominant team once again in the AFC South. Because let's face it, the AFC South right now is mediocre as hell. The Texans, the Titans, the Jaguars, who in the world doesn't think that next year, if things fall right, even the Jaguars... Think that they could win this uh, win this division, right? Colts certainly could win the division. The uh, Texans they did win the division, and the Tennessee Titans they could you know they're kind of on the come too. They figured some things out, and Mike Vrabel's done a wonderful job as a head coach down there. But we'll see. And I, the point is, I like Chris Ballard. I like his message. I like his philosophy. It, it's kind of like it reminds me a little bit. Of The way we talk about Archie Miller now before Archie Miller was hired. What did we say? We got to have a guy who recruits a hell out of Indiana and and does a great job bringing in Hoosier kids right to play for Indiana because that's where it that's where it's got to come from. If you can't recruit Indiana at a high level you can't win at Indiana and it's just that simple the same goes for the draft in the NFL to me if you can't draft well if you can't bring guys in year after year after year that make your roster better at the top as well as the bottom and keeps pushing that bottom up I don't think you've got a chance if you continue to try to work free agency to put some duct tape over holes in your roster and that becomes your primary kind of modus operandi in building the roster, you've got a significant problem because what you're going to wind up doing is overpaying, right? By drafting well, Drafting guys who can start, guys like Darius Leonard, guys like Quent, Quentin Nelson, uh, guys like Bobby Okereke, guys like Malik Hooker, uh, Rocky Haseen. These guys are all, uh, Braden Smith, for goodness sake, Marlon Mack, these guys are all under contract simultaneously in a very team-friendly, their, their first contract, their first NFL contract. So you can go out and you can spend if necessary and you can create some cap flexibility so that you can go out this summer and or this spring and sign a free agent quarterback if you like. You can go do that. You can go sign Derek Carr. If you think that Derek Carr is your guy, you can go get him. You can go get Phillip Rivers if you want. You can sign guys. You can throw money at guys if you like on a short-term deal because you have put yourself in that kind of position via the draft. Because so many of the spots on your roster are people you drafted. Those are team-friendly deals, right? If you go into free agency, what do you get? You get expensive guys. We don't want expensive guys. We want inexpensive guys, so you retain that flexibility. And I think that Chris Ballard does that really, really well. And personally, I just like the guy. I think he's all right. You know, I, I see him today. In over an hour, talking to the media and, and telling Matt Conti, you know what, I got it. We're fine. I'll stay here as long as they got questions. And he's very self effacing and willing to look at himself in the mirror and see the warts. And that's in direct opposition to the previous uh, office holder over at the Colts, Ryan Grigson who never admitted any warts, never admitted that he did anything wrong. Well, you know what? I would much rather have a guy in that position setting the culture within that building as somebody says, you know what? I screwed up. I'm really pissed off at myself because I didn't give us the talent necessary to be able to go out and win and go to the playoffs and contend for a championship. That is a failure on my part, and I'm going to double down on my work and my creativity to try to make sure that it never happens again. I like that kind of guy. You don't have to, you can believe that stuff and still not say it to the media. I especially like that he says it to the media. All right, tonight, go Hoosiers, beat the hell out of the Volunteers, go Pacers, beat the hell out of the Nuggets, go Boilermakers, beat the hell out of the Golden Gophers. Let's go. Let's make it a clean sweep. Three games tonight and then roll into the weekend when Indiana travels to Maryland for basketball. Butler's going to host Creighton. Uh, the Pacers, they're going to travel to Atlanta. Saturday night, we got a lot of great, and boy, oh boy, do you have some great high school basketball in the area too. Bloomington South with Anthony Leal, they're undefeated. Let's see if J.R. Holmes can put together an undefeated season. The regular season doesn't look so tough, but the postseason, it's going to get tough. And I'll tell you, the high school season for 16, 17, 18-year-old kids it is a long grind. It is really hard to maintain that level of play for an entire season, but let's see if they can do it. We'll talk to you tomorrow morning, Breakfast with Kent. By the way, had a great time on WIBC today with Kevin Robinson. He hosted, he, he filled in for the Chicks, and uh, we just had a great time talking sports between 10 and 10.30 today. They're going to replay those segments tomorrow morning at 9 o'clock. And uh, listen, tell me what you think. How about that? Because, hey, i got to look in the mirror and see my warts, too, don't I? If I'm going to be a media guy and say, look, you know what? We like guys who uh, admit their warts, admit their flaws. Well, then i got to be one of those guys as well. Maybe that's my New Year's resolution. Although, judging by the book that I wrote, which is called Oops! The Art of Learning from Mistakes and Adventures, I think I'm already pretty damn good. I wrote a whole book about my warts. All right, go to Amazon.com. You can order it right now. Tomorrow morning, Breakfast with Kent. We're rolling. All we do is create content, memorable content created with love. And uh, you know what? Respect for you and your fandom. How about that? We'll talk to you tomorrow morning. Join me.